Okay, I'm here with Tom Zeno. Did I say that right? Yeah, you said it fine. Okay. And in your own words, I'd I'd like you to tell the people who exactly you are and why I wanted to talk to you so much. So I'm, again, my name is Tom Zenos. I run a podcast myself called The Apostolic Truth. Uh, I am working towards becoming a pastor, and I'm a very devout Christian. And I feel the reason, and the reason I reached out and wanted to come on here, and I feel the reason that I am on here, is to really give a perspective of what the Christian community and kind of what Christianity in general thinks about this current coronavirus outbreak and the mask mandates and the mandates going on with church and that such. Yes, sir. And the reason I really wanted you on here is because you were teaching me. This is not any community that I'm per se plugged into. And I really wanted to hear from another perspective. Of course. So, uh, so why don't we talk about, uh, let's see, um, for myself, I date my realizing the coronavirus was a big deal the night the National Basketball Association closed down, mm. uh, which I don't remember when that was exactly, but I can Google it real fast. Um, but pretty much ever since that date, I've taken this virus very seriously. Yeah. And I've been studying up on it and stuff. And stuff. So I was wondering, um, what were you doing? Like, when did you realize this virus was not just three people in China? Yeah. Dying? So, so yeah, for, for me, it was definitely, it was around the same time. You know, you know, America is very sport orientated and sports is kind of the American thing. That's our pastime. You know, that's, yeah. it's inherently really an American just thing we have. And when I heard that it was closed down as well, I would say that's around the time where I, I kind of sat back. I was like, whoa, I said, that is definitely, this has to be something a little more serious than, like you said, three people in China getting sick. I'll also say, you know, when once, I real, really realized it started getting serious once uh, my governor, Governor DeWine, started really harboring and kind of nailing down these mandates. That's when I really, really kind of hit me. And I was like, all right, this isn't just your regular flu or swine flu. There's something unique about this that we need to, you know, pay attention to. Exactly. Um, I have it here. It's uh, It was uh march 11th through thereabouts uh i i certainly remember uh i actually went out to supper with a buddy of mine um and it came over both of our phones and we were both kind of like oh my god this is real <laughs> like this is yeah. crazy <laughs> yeah um so earlier you were talking about i should say for disclosure that I, I make a practice to uh, have a pre-call with everybody mm -hmm. that comes on the History Voyager. So that's what I mean by earlier. Uh, so earlier you had talked, you had enlightened me, I suppose, for lack of a better word, um, <clears throat> about what the Christian community, what some folks in the Christian community might think about the mask requirements. Yeah. So you want to run 
You want to remember that for a while? Yeah. Oh, give me one second. Let me just let me just pull up the verse I know I quoted to you specifically. Um, okay. So as I'm as I'm mulling through that, basically, when it comes to the Christian community, I've seen a lot of debate. There's a lot of Christians that are fine with the masks, but where a lot of Christians are bringing up the issue with the mask is that it is eerily similar to what the Bible talks about when it talks about the mark of the beast. And that's what I was telling you about, where in the Bible it states that this mark is something that you can't buy or sell or basically do anything if you have this mark. And it's not necessarily, I haven't heard at least any Christians who have said that the mask is specifically the mark of the beast. But there has been some Christians that, you know, are getting nervous because this does sound eerily similar to that. And I, you know, and I am sympathetic to that nervousness and I understand that nervousness. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I do say that the one thing I was uh, was mentioning in our pre-call, that because of this mark of the beast, because of this idea of the mark of the beast that Christianity has, you know, I was telling you, I feel like governments needed to be very careful about how they mandated this. And, you know, the disappointment I've had in how some government officials have gone about this, you know, in almost neglecting how some Christians are thinking or feeling in this scenario. But, yeah, there's definitely some Christians who say that the mark of the beast is uh, is is almost resembled in this mask mandate. I mean, we can't go into stores without it. We can't buy or sell things without it. We can't do this and that without it. You know, in some places you need to be wearing one outside. So a lot of Christians are saying, hey, this isn't this isn't the mark of the beast, but this does sound very eerily similar to what we're looking out for. And I can be sympathetic to that. And I feel like there's been a lot of or a lack of, for better term, anyone in a position of power to quell or calm these beliefs. Yeah. Um, I remember, I got to say, I honestly, I haven't been shopping out in the world for quite a while because I have a couple of conditions that this virus just apparently plays not so good at all with. Yeah. So I've purchased pretty much everything online for yeah several i mean i don't even remember but the i guess i i saw somewhere that a lot of counties in this country have no high-speed internet access at all and i would imagine that probably feeds into to some of this for some people probably they, yeah you know they you know but and also, I mean, I mean, were, did you have family that was affected by the Spanish flu? I'm just curious. Um, so I am. So I, I myself was adopted from Russia. My adoptive parents, the my dad's side, they migrated to America. Uh, his grandparents came to America, and to my knowledge, my mom hasn't told me anything about her side of being affected by the Spanish flu. Yeah. So to my knowledge, I don't have anyone in my family that has been affected, but right. I could yeah. be wrong. I just have not, it's not been a conversation that has come up and I feel like it would have come up definitely if there was, especially considering the scenario going on now. 
Well, actually, it's funny because a lot of families, uh, for example, in my mother's family, my mother's side, uh, her family, they didn't talk about it. Really? And they didn't talk about it. In fact, when my mother asked her mother about the Spanish flu, and my mother's parents were medical people. My mother's father was a, a, a gas salesman, an oxygen salesman for hospitals. And my mother's mother was an, uh, was a nurse, and so when my mother's mother talked, or when my mother talked to her mom about the Spanish flu, she said that basically it was it only happened in Europe. And I was actually shocked to to realize in my research that actually a lot of people at the time uh, pretty much thought it either wasn't going through their community when in fact it might have been. Okay. Or, you know, whatever. But yeah, it was kind of on the, uh, the quiet, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, it's on the down low. Uh, it, I didn't really want to say that on what might turn out to be a Christian podcast, but yeah. Uh-huh. Right. But yeah. But, so, um. We'll go on. Yes, sir. No, you go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was just, I was just, I apologize. Go on. Uh, I was just—it was fascinating. The—I uh, had to research it, but the last quote-unquote pandemic that we had in this country killed a whopping two people. Really? And that was the Ebola outbreak in during Obama. I don't know if you remember yeah, it. I remember that one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, really I remember only there two. was a yeah two people. Now here's the weird thing though. So I, I've learned I'm, I can get way into the weeds of how to die of a disease, <laughs> how to legally die of a disease. Yeah. Uh, but so that number is always that when you have, whenever you see a number of so and so many people died of disease X, that number is always movable for yeah. one reason or another, and a lot of it has to do with every state has legal. Uh, legal reason or legal ways in which to declare somebody dead. Mm-hmm. And also it with the Spanish flu, for example, like it depends on some doctors might not have thought like, okay, so you were from Russia, right? Yeah. So they would have thought probably a lot of people would have thought, well, only Russians get the Spanish flu, right? Yeah. Or it's like we good good American folks, we you know, yeah. we good yeah. Protestant people, we don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, yeah. It, and it sounds ridiculous in our time, but as we were talking about in our uh, conversation before this, I remember you brought up which I never knew was the kind of ambiguity in the medical field back then of how disease transferred and you know, who could truly get sick and who, like, how we were composed up as humans internally and medically. Yeah, like, in terms of how they thought, you mean, how they thought we could get sick or... Yeah, right. I mean, it was absolutely bananas. I mean, yeah. But, um, anyway, so what do you have to say about... I mean, I hate to put you on the spot, but... Oh, you're fine. Did you happen to hear about um, how some of the people dying of this thing, or they're getting younger and younger, and all that? Um, 
I've heard I've heard that there has been more deaths, and I've heard that you know I I haven't heard anything specific about people being younger and younger dying, but I have heard of you know that the death mark is going up. Yeah, they're getting younger and younger. The disease is actually changing on a level, like on a I guess like a protein or molecular level. Somehow it's actually evolving. Really, diseases you know these things evolve. Yeah viruses but uh anyway so um did you want me to talk about my podcast on your podcast or because i was going to ship this to you yeah 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 tell uh tell my viewers a little bit about what you talk about on your podcast i think they would definitely be interested so uh, my my name is benjamin kitchings and i run a podcast called the history voyager and it's pretty much everywhere you get podcasts, uh, you know. Um, weirdly, I don't have a single TuneIn listen or a single Pandora listen, but, you know, I'm on Apple and a whole bunch of Android platforms. Yeah. But anyway, uh, what my podcast is about is I'm doing a history deep dive, and season one is the Spanish flu and COVID-19. And the reason I started doing it was because I basically I went to the doctor and I heard the nurse at the doctor's office talk about COVID-19. And this was like in November or so. Yeah. <laughs> and that was literally the first time I ever heard of it. And um, so, so I thought about, I remembered something about the Spanish flu. I remember reading a sentence or three about it in school, which is crazy now to me that you don't teach this. Yeah. But um, anyway, so I uh, I wanted to do a podcast. So I thought I'd do a deep dive history podcast about Spanish flu. And what I noticed was a whole lot of similarity between how America looked at the Spanish flu and how America looked at uh, looks at COVID-19. Um, you know, a lot of people with the Spanish flu, like, a lot of people thought, like, it was a weapon of war. Like, it was, you know, that the Germans were putting on people. Or they thought, like, uh, like, for example, uh, San Francisco. Like, 5,000 people officially died of the Spanish flu in San Francisco. But yet, that's not the real number because San Francisco was literally destroyed by something right around that same time. Uh, you had people dropping dead. You had, you had people, like, there were tons of letters because San Francisco at the time was, like, it was kind of like my city today where you might have, like, one person from a family move out there, right? So they're writing letters back. And they're talking about, hey, my boyfriend died, and so and so's boyfriend died, and so and so's boy, you know, like this, yeah. these girls, these ladies would talk about in letters, and you know, all of our boyfriends have died. It's yeah. <laughs> like, where did they go? Or not died, they just left or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, the the phone system couldn't work. Fire was endemic. Um, okay. You know, it was so crazy. And anyway, the the reason I started covering COVID-19, the other reason was, um, so I have people in my family that 
totally, even now, think COVID-19 is a hoax. And I just thought, oh, my God, I hope these people make it through. <laughs> you know, yeah. let me let me write. Let me talk about it. Yeah. And I've actually had friends of mine and family message me and say, thank you. I'm doing this and that. And yeah. I'm wearing a mask now. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And I and I, I just want to say to my viewers real quick that you're you're an honest guy, you know, and I really I ask you guys, please go check out his podcast. It's a great podcast. You know, I'm a big history nerd. So when I heard about your podcast and that you were looking for guests, I was super excited because I love just studying history. I love talking history. But, you know, you're I, I appreciate that you're an honest guy. And again, I want to thank you again for having me on here. You know, this is it's an awesome opportunity to be on here and it's an awesome opportunity to talk about, you know, what I know. And it's also just an awesome opportunity to, and I've learned to learn what I've learned from you. You've taught me a lot that I haven't known either. So I'm really grateful to be on here and I'm really grateful that I'll be able to have a copy to show to my listeners as well. What, what did you learn from me? I'm just kind of curious. I mean, mainly like I knew nothing about the Spanish flu. Like I'll, that's the big one. You know, the big one is I knew nothing yeah. about the Spanish flu and, you know, you telling me about the Spanish flu, you telling me about, you know, the fact that like what you just brought up, that those death numbers, those death numbers are movable. You know, that's that's the kind mm -hmm. of stuff that you don't you don't hear too much. You know, you hear well, this death number and it's like right. solid. Well, the, let me can I dig into that just yeah. a little more? Of course. Um, so, OK. I don't mean like there's a conspiracy with the death numbers at all. What okay. I mean is like, um, and I want to make that crystal clear. When I yeah. say these numbers yeah. can move, I don't mean like there's a, I don't know, a uh, conspiracy of <laughs> pizza eating two-legged aliens yeah. or, or wh whatever. What I mean is like, okay, you can't die of the cold, right? That's, it's biologically impossible for you to die of a cold. Mm -hmm. Now the cold can become pneumonia and you yeah. can die of pneumonia, but you cannot die of the cold. Right. Okay. Um, so a lot of people died of the cold during, they would mark that down as the cold in mm -hmm. during this time. And, you know, there were also like more than, okay. So fun fact, um, you're more likely to interface with some sort of an authority, be it government or teacher, federal, state, local, county, whatever, than anybody in 1918 or 1919 or 1917. So the fact is that you could go down a road and you could, for example, uh, you know, a house could be dead and a house could be dead and they're, they're never counted. Yeah. Right. So, you know, they're not officially they didn't officially die of die of the flu, for yeah. example. Or and that happened a lot. There were there were stories about, you know, so and so uh oh here's one. Okay. Here's one I can tell you, and this is why the media, believe it or not, this is why the media hops up and down on any pandemic that goes that comes down the pike. Okay? So to okay. say. Um there was a traveling party. Like back in the day, it wasn't like you could hop in a car and just go somewhere. Back yeah. in the day, if you were going to hop in a car, you had to, if you were smart 
and you were going long distances, you were going with people. Like, you were going with other people, and those people were going to have to help you. Like, because yeah. your car was going to break down, maybe, or things were going to have to happen. Okay? Yeah. So, there was a traveling party that was going through the Midwest. And they noticed, this traveling party, that the towns that they were bumping into were, you know, they would not have any adults in them. And the kids would be running around trying to keep other kids alive. Okay. And the guy, one of the guys in this party grew, uh, became the uncle of somebody who grew up to be, uh, like the head of a news division of either ABC or CBS or okay. whatever. One of those networks, radios. Yeah. Uh, back when it was only radio. And that is what, because he never forgot that story. That, mm-hmm. as a kid, he heard that story a lot. And he never forgot it. And he took very seriously the media's role in educating people about diseases and pandemics and whatever. Yeah. And so that's why the media does that today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one reason. Another thing that you have to bear in mind with the Spanish flu and with COVID-19 is that Spanish flu was new. And so nobody really, and also like I, okay, I know more about coronavirus than the doctors did about Spanish flu. And I'm just the guy sitting in a room reading on the internet. Yeah. So reading news articles and stuff on the internet. Of course. Okay, so <laughs> that that's something to think about. Yeah. Right? Like Well yeah, um it's, it's, uh, we have a lot more information available to us as well. Ex- exactly. And what I would say to all of your listeners is please, please believe me, this is real. Yeah. Okay? This is very real and I'm sure each and every one of you has loved ones that would miss you if you were gone. Yeah. And I, and I, and I agree. And that's, that's what I did want to say. I, I completely, and I've told you, I believe this is real. And even to my listeners, you know, I have, I've been avoiding talking about uh, coronavirus and then this topic, this opportunity came up. So this was a perfect way to also kind of just say like, Hey, you know, I completely agree with this. Coronavirus is real. You know, whether or not you, whether or not you want to take it seriously or not, I can't force you. No one can force you to do that. But what we do have to understand, it's something I actually, I think I brought up to you, uh, in our conversations was that the Bible says we have to obey government rulers. You know, we need to obey. They tell us to wear a mask, wear a mask. I hate wearing masks. Personally, I hate it. Makes me uncomfortable. I have glasses. My glasses fog up. But at the end of the day, wear a mask, you know, I'll wear the mask because if I need to go into the target, I need to go into the target, you know, simple as that. I I hate wearing the mask. I have asthma and ironically masks and asthma are not friends. Yeah. Um, I hate wearing a mask, Yeah. but I wear a mask because I have asthma. Um, of course. And, but the other thing is, my sister, and I think she'd be comfortable with saying with me saying this, my sister is a nurse, and she's mm-hmm. dealt with coronavirus patients before. 
Yeah. And my sister is, is a very uh, upstanding Christian person and, and very honest with people and very forthright. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she she wouldn't be a party to a scam. And also, she's actually told me that, hey, Ben, when they, you know, when they um, get the bodies, they have to do it in hazmat suits. Yeah. Okay. When people come out of the hospital dead of COVID, the people who take them out of the hospital, the people who take them out of those rooms are wearing hazmat suits. They don't that, even do that for AIDS. That and that's and that's gotta be the scariest thing. You know, and to me that solidifies some of that's a solidification of the the danger. I think I think it was you and I talking about that wearing a mask is worth it considering what not wearing a mask could have could cause. You know. I've I've seen uh photos of a man that had his fingers cut off. From COVID, uh, you know, yeah. I think a lot of people are, they're not understanding. Like, I'm okay to die, but I, I don't want to lose a hand. Does that make any sense? Oh, I get it. I mean, losing a hand, <laughs> losing a hand really, I, but I'm kind of there with you. You know, I've, I've always thought to myself, like, if I, if I were ever in a major accident, you know, and they had to cut off both of my legs. You know, I definitely wouldn't be uh, my my standard of living just went down. You know, and right. and it's definitely uh, it would definitely make life more rough. So I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, I'm okay to die. You know, but I don't want to lose a hand. You know, mm-hmm. but um, you know, and and that's the other thing is. We're all old enough to remember when they didn't know that you could die of a stroke from COVID-19. You know, we're all, we're all that old. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, yeah. So, and I take this this part of my podcast I take very seriously. That I I really do. You know, yeah. I'll read about the Spanish flu and whatever, but I want to read and read and read about Corona. Before yeah. I drop a Corona episode. Yeah. But one of the reasons I wanted to have folks like you on, and what I mean by folks like you is uh, what I call normal people, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, you know, I, I want to have... You call me normal. <laughs> well, well, right, but I want to... So non-experts, non-just yeah. people, is I want to talk about, if you don't mind, because... It's becoming apparent to me that there is going to be a new normal. Yeah. Whether we want to talk about it, you know, whether we want to think about it or not, yeah. there's going to be a new normal. And I want to talk about a little bit about that. Yeah. If you don't mind. Of course, we can go on to that. Yeah, sure. Um. So for me, for me, real quick about that new normal, you know, I I think that's just part of life. The danger is when we get complacent. The danger is when we get so uh, used to everything going one way that we are resistant to change. You know, I think I think like you said, there's definitely going to be a new normal. I think that as for the Christian community, I feel we need to be in prayer. In that, we need to be in prayer, and we need to be wise in who we listen to. We need to make sure that we're not just listening to one source. 
you know, I see that a lot. I see a lot of Christians, non-Christians. It doesn't even matter. Humans usually like to listen to only one source. I've seen that tons of times. We need, as this new normal happens, we need to look at different sources and we need to, we need to be able to say, okay, you know, this is going to be our new normal, but we also need to know what is, what is, I would say, an acceptable new normal and when to kind of look at people, like look at the people making the new normal and saying, well, that doesn't seem very fair. We need to be very careful, especially as Christians, because I don't, I don't think, I don't think we talked about this, but in California, all the, I don't know if all the casinos, but a lot of the casinos are open right now. You can go inside a casino and gamble. Right. But we and, talked about that they closed the interior of churches down, you know? So, that right there just shows me that's right there is where it's like, hey, you know, as Christians, that's where we get concerned. We get concerned when we see casinos allowed to be open and you're allowed to go inside a casino and you're allowed to gamble and you're allowed to be around people in the casino, which I mean, as much as you want to tell me, I highly doubt everyone in the casino is properly socially distancing. <laughs> you know, I've I have not been in a casino myself, but, you know, I have seen and I've heard enough casino stories to know that there is no way you can convince me that everyone is staying the proper six feet apart, even if they're wearing masks <laughs> and all that. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I'm with you. I, I saw, um, I went down the road the other day and I, I was passing by this bar and you could look out yeah. on the patio and they were just packed in. I'm like, Oh yeah. my God. Well, that I told a lot of people, I said, just because things opened up doesn't mean you have to go do them. Like in Ohio, when they opened up dining in and restaurants, everyone immediately ran out and dined in. And I, I would be a liar if I said I didn't go out and dine in. Sure, I went to a restaurant once or twice, but I have not been like flooding to them. I've not been going for every excuse that I get. So a lot of people, yeah. a lot of, I can understand the government getting frustrated because it's like they give, they they say, okay, restaurants are open again. And then instead of people saying, all right, we don't need to go to a restaurant, everyone floods to a restaurant. You know, that's frustrating. I get that for the government. I, I get where they get frustrated. I get where people get frustrated with others. But it is crazy to see some of these places. Like, I mean, regardless of whether or not you want to take coronavirus seriously, you know, if, you know, in a pandemic where – I'll put it this way. Even if I didn't believe in coronavirus, okay, if I didn't believe in coronavirus, I still don't think I would enter a packed restaurant because if I'm wrong, I have a real big shocker coming. If I'm right, I didn't lose anything. But if I'm wrong, that's a real big thing to lose, you know. Like, I don't want to be wrong in that scenario. So even if I didn't I mean, believe, I still wouldn't enter those packed restaurants. I've seen – I've seen some photos and stuff online yeah. that I just look at and I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, yeah. I feel, I'm, I feel sorry for your family. I, yeah. You know, you're an adult, yeah. do whatever you want, but mm -hmm. I feel sorry for whoever you're going to be around and yeah. for your family. I just, oh my God. And, you know, and even as Christians, we're called to be loving and caring to our neighbors, to our family, to our loved ones. And I feel as if, you know, part of that loving and caring is doing everything you can to make sure your family is safe. Now, 
I also will go to say that you, you know, I will say that you should do what you believe is right, you know, but you should also use common sense in that aspect too, you know, uh, use common sense to know what's right. I mean, I know for a fact, you know, I, I live with an elderly lady. I live with my grandmother. You know, when I go out, I wear a mask where need be. I wear a mask where need be. I don't go out really unnecessarily. I try not to. And I do that not because of for my sake, because, you know, I'm not in the demographic necessarily that's at risk for COVID uh, as of last time I knew. But my grandmother is. But see, that's the and that's what I want to tell you about mm-hmm. uh, these viruses is what always happens is. So think of a virus as, okay, the best, the absolute best science from what I've been able to see says that a virus is somewhere in between a living and a dead thing. Yeah. It's, it's alive in that it's, it's got, um, DNA and proteins yeah. and stuff. So, but it doesn't have an intelligence. I want to make that clear. I'm not saying a virus has an intelligence to it. Mm-hmm. But the first thing that these proteins and whatever attack are, are weak or weak or sick people or animals. Mm-hmm. But they always tend they tend to always get stronger. Mm-hmm. And that's in yeah. history. I mean that's in history. And and I was thinking today, I actually researched it again. I was thinking today, I mean if if we're looking at herd immunity uh, you know, some people want to look at herd immunity. Well, if we're looking at herd immunity, I mean, the worst case scenario is um, so Native Americans today, most Native Americans that there, first of all, there aren't nearly as many Native Americans as there were in 1490, uh, 1490. Yeah. First of all, let's, let's be totally clear on that. The yeah. numbers of how many people were here in 1490 that's a movable number too, and that's for a different podcast. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that just about every Native American today is much more, um, you know, resistant to certain diseases the Europeans brought over than they were yeah. than their forebears were in 1490. Yeah. So the question is, do you want to wait 600 years? Yeah. And that's, yeah. And that's a good point. And that's a good point. And that's why I say like, we need to take this serious, you know, and we, I, I think, I think uh, the, the one thing I did want to bring up real quick uh, from a Christian perspective, and I want to explain this uh, to maybe some of your viewers who maybe aren't Christian, who are wondering why the Christian churches, I mean, there's a big hubbub about churches being shut down about all this, and the question does come, and when I look at this, my question does pop up is, is the church, is, does that, does the fact that churches are getting upset about all this COVID stuff, does that mean that they're, you know, against keeping people safe or what's going on with that? And, you know, I did, I did research, I did research and I, our biggest example of this right now is California. There are churches that are suing the governor hardcore over uh shutting down their in home other uh, in their in uh building gatherings and their uh bible studies telling them not to do that there's massive lawsuits going on and when i when i look at this when i look at this it's because i think i told you it's how california 
or how these people are talking about it. Like, again, I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. When a church, a church serves a community purpose as a community center of peace, as a place of hope, as a place of refuge, as a place to go when you're anxious or stressed. That's ideally what a church is, you know, as a pillar of faith in a community. When you tell people you can't go to church, you can't go inside a church building, but if you want to go gamble inside of a casino, you're allowed to. If you want to go into a bar, you're allowed to. If you want to, you know, go to dine-in restaurants or wineries or movie theaters, and I'm listing off stuff that California has open to some extent. You know, what I, what I want to say is Christians are not frustrated with the fact that we have to wear masks. You know, there are some Christians that are pro-mask. The Christian debate is I've seen in almost every Christian I've talked to more of a political stance. It's a politics thing. There's no, the Christian doctrine says we need to obey our leadership. The people, the Christians who are saying we shouldn't wear masks, that's not coming from a Christian background necessarily, as it's more coming from a political background. There are some of those Christians who say that the mask resembles the mark of the beast, but even then, the reasoning for that is when masks were mandated and you can get in trouble for going outside for not even wearing a mask. That's when Christians even said that. But I want to say as a Christian to all the viewers of both of our podcasts, whether you're Christian or not, my issue with COVID-19 and how governments are handling it is not that governments are telling us we need to be careful and we need to limit the exposure. My issue is the hypocrisy and the unwillingness to fully commit to limiting things. If you want to shut down the church, by all means, you're more than welcome to shut down the church of in-house gatherings, but do not then also have, but do not say that you guys aren't be, do, do not be shocked when churches get upset when they see casinos are still open. You know, if you want to tell me that I can't go to inside the church, um, because of the coronavirus, but then you tell me it's okay if uh, rioters all gather in the thousands disobeying uh, disobeying rules for COVID-19, that's perfectly okay. You know, that's where I have a problem. I have a problem when it comes down to the hypocrisy of, hey, churches, you guys can't be open, but casinos, you guys are fine. And, oh, those 5,000 protesters you know, they're, they're, they're okay to still gather, you know, together. That's not a problem. That's where I get aggravated with the hypocrisy. And that's where I see a lot of Christians getting aggravated too. Not that we're told we have to wear a mask or not that we're told that we have to, uh, not that we're told that we have to make sure we, uh, follow regulation when gathering, but the fact that they're shutting churches down while leaving things that are not essential whatsoever up. Casinos aren't essential. There's you, there's no argument to say casinos are essential. You know, the only argument is economic essentialness. And even then, they've shut down everything else in the economy, you know. And at that point, is the economic boom that we get from a casino worth the transmission risk? The same thing I would say with anything that they keep open. So, you know, I, I don't mean to go on this tangent here, but... I really, I really, what I really wanted to uh, say, at least from the Christian perspective, is for any non-Christians viewing, we are not frustrated at the fact that we have to wear masks and we have to keep our fellow brothers and sisters safe. That's not frustration. We're not frustrated about that. I've never met a single Christian that's, that told me 
I'm mad because I have to keep other people safe. I've never met a Christian that said that. But I've met Christians that said, I'm mad because I can't go to church. I can't go inside my church and worship God in my church. But these people can go to liquor stores. These people can go to casinos. These people can go to these kind of places just fine. Because what about – um Yep. I don't mean Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, you're fine. what about the fact that um okay. So I I realize the liquor store is a funny example, right? Yeah. It's it's a funny thing. But you're right. Um but have you considered like if you're a if you're a functioning alcoholic, cuz I've known a few of those. Mm-hmm. I've known people that were functioning alcoholics. Um yeah. You don't want a functioning alcoholic going through detox yeah. involuntarily. Like, okay. you you don't want that to happen. And I am not, I mean, and so I've heard from the story. A, I've heard yeah. the stories of that too. So here here's my here's uh here's my rebuttal to that. Here's my rebuttal to that. There are plenty of people that come to the church and the and that fellowship that they get from the church is the only thing keeping them from falling back into a bad lifestyle. That fellowship that they get from reading in the church is the only thing. So the, the logic of, well, we keep liquor stores open to prevent, uh, functioning out or, you know, these addicted alcoholics from detoxing involuntarily. Well, in churches, there's been people who come to the church who the only thing keeping them, uh, the only thing keeping them from killing themselves is that fact that they have that church on Sunday. And when you close that down, you're taking that from them. Or there's people who there's people who are recovering from their alcoholism because of the church. You know, there's people who go to the church and the church is their strength to not drink during the week because they know on Sunday they get to go to the church. They get to see their their buddies. You know, that's another reason why shutting down the church is dangerous. So the the uh, the thing that you bring up is a good point. The fact that we, we need to keep liquor stores open because we want to keep recovering alcoholic. We want to keep alcoholics from involuntarily detoxing. Okay. But we need to then say that logic can also apply to a church. A church is I, not, right. A church is not just a place that people who are healthy go. A church is a place where the broken go. So that logic of don't shut the liquor stores down. We don't want involuntary detox. Well, don't shut the churches down. There are some broken people that need that church on a weekly basis to keep them going. I really think I, I think if I can pull back and, and get I guess super meta, if you will. Yeah. Uh I think part of our problem is that we um essentially we were in a golden age. Yeah. From nineteen forty six to two thousand one. You know, I would say we were in a golden age. Oh, yeah. And I think now we're not. And now it's taken this disease to show us that, hey, it's not the way it used to be anymore. Yeah. And there's all these yeah buts. And I'm with you on the casinos. And, and you know, I'm I'm totally with you on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the, you know, I mean, all I had to hear was from um, – not only Dr. Fauci, but uh, nurses and other people I know telling me, hey, you know, going to a bar for a reason, reason, reason is actually one of the most dangerous things you can do, mm-hmm. <laughs> period, paragraph these days. Yeah. Uh, so, sure, cool. <laughs> All right. <Yeah. laughs> 
But I just, uh, I don't, um, I, I'm with you. I think that maybe the, what I think is they shouldn't have played politics with it in California, really anywhere. Yeah. I don't think they should have played politics with this at all. And mm-hmm. that's one of the problems that I have with our government. Not yeah. just, you know, not just both, both sides, Republicans yeah. and Democrats, is that for the last, I don't know how many years, they've, they've successfully convinced Americans that, that, you know, this is a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the running the country is a game. Yeah. And you're right. it is not. And, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I just, I don't know. <laughs> it's, and it's it's scary, and that's where and that that mentality is where the it's where my community gets its fear. It's where we say we say that it's not that we don't want to. It's not that we're afraid. How do I how do I say this? We aren't anti COVID nineteen. We're not being conspiracy theorists about this. But what we're saying is that. If we truly want to get rid of COVID-19, then we truly need to buckle down like other countries have. You know, some of these countries have buckled down completely. Now, we are a much bigger country. There's a lot more nuances to shutting down a country of our size than there is a country of, you know, say, any of the European countries. There's a lot more nuances. There's a lot more steps that we'd have to take. But the frustration comes in that governments keep doing this. Like one month it's good. One time we need to wear masks. Then there's another time that says, oh, well, maybe only certain masks work. And then it's all masks work. And then it's certain masks work. And it, the, the reality is it's not that, it's not that the, the science is changing, but it's not, the problem we have is that number one, media is doing, media is trying to report as best as they can. But the reality is you're having non-professionals report on something that really professionals need to be reporting on and they have professionals on, but Christians get frustrated right. because we see, we, we see this, we see that, we see that, Hey, as a church, we are a place for hope. We're a beacon of hope. And as a church, we serve our community because churches do churches really do serve their communities. And as a, as a church, we, we do this, we do that, we do this. And the governor comes in, uh, for, the governor comes in and says, Hey, I need you guys to shut down the churches for a bit. And the churches listen. And we say, okay, you know, guys, we're going to go all move online. Okay. We do that. And then the governor comes and says, okay, you guys are able to open up again. And then we open up and he's like, actually, no, you guys need to shut right back down. This thing got out of control, but casinos and, but this building, but that building, but these people are allowed to stay open, but it, it's the hypocrisy. It's the, why are you shutting us down, but not them down? Why are they staying open, but we're getting shut down? You know, is it that, it, of course, this isn't the case, but the the old joke that I see on Facebook all the time, oh, apparently COVID can't enter bars, you know? Oh, no, COVID <laughs> can't enter bars, you know what I mean? But, right. but how government policy is being instituted, it makes it seem like if you step in a church, you're going to get COVID-19. But if you step into a bar, you're perfectly fine. You know, it's, well, that's I, the hypocrisy that seems to arise. Well, and I think 
Well, I'm not really sure on the specifics right now, but there was a in my I live in Georgia, and there was a yeah. a county in in southern Georgia that had this per capita massive corona outbreak. Yeah, and it entirely came from a church. Yeah, like the whole corona outbreak came from a church, and came from a funeral actually. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's really it. I mean, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to open bar, because, you know, I'm all about, hey. If I could say one thing on that, the coronavirus starting from the church, you know, there, uh, you know, we could, we could probably, I could play all day. And I'm not saying you are, but what I'm saying is that we could go all day into looking at everywhere that COVID really blew up and we could find all the reasons. I'm willing to bet there's probably some places where COVID blew up from the supermarket. There's probably some places where, you know, COVID did this. Well, right. COVID blew up from there, you know. Actually, the the place to get COVID-19, if, if, you know, if we can be a little sarcastic, the place to get COVID-19 apparently is the supermarket. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> right. And, the, the you know, the joke even goes to that. You can't catch COVID-19 inside a Walmart, you know. It's it's obviously wrong and you can catch it, but you know, I, I get what you're saying. It's, it's dangerous. And I guess, I guess what I really want to say, like, uh, is this Christians were, are not sick and tired of, of course, I can't speak with every, of, for every single Christian, but we mm-hmm. aren't, it's not that we're anti making America safe. It's not that we're against keeping people healthy, but we're saying, why is there this disconnect? in what we're shutting down either shut either shutting down works or shutting down doesn't work but only shutting half of the things in the country down is not going to work regardless well you're right and that's where christians get frustrated because it when our churches get shut down but we see casinos and stuff like that open we get kind of irked and it it and i also feel like business owners get irked too some of these small business owners are probably really steamed that these casinos are open, but their store has to be closed. You know, it's probably safer right. to go in some of these small town stores than it is a casino. You know, it's probably safer to go in some of these smaller churches than it is a casino. But at the end of the day, right. I think Christians are more upset with the hypocrisy and the blatant, the blatant lack of motivation to discipline people for breaking COVID procedure but the quickness for the government to target at places of worship and say, you guys are not allowed to worship, but casinos, you're allowed to gamble. And, you know, this, you're allowed to do that. And beaches are allowed to be open. And that that's where we get frustrated. We're not frustrated that we have to keep people safe. We're frustrated that we're shut down while other things get to remain open. And in that process, not fixing anything. That's where I feel a lot of Christian frustration comes from, and especially my frustration with this. In my state, it was actually, I don't know about now, but in my state for a while, it was actually kind of funny. Like, really, with the beaches, it was actually sort of funny. You, the beach was open, right? The governor, by order of the governor, all the public beaches were open. The restrooms weren't open. Really? The restaurant, it's funnier, the restaurants around the beaches, so adjacent to the beaches, were yeah. not open. 
Yeah. Uh, it was highly doubtable that you could even get to, because this was back when if you got out of the major cities, it was real dicey if anything was open. Yeah. Like gas stations, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you could go to the beach. Yeah, but, but nothing would be open around the beach. <laughs> and you might not actually be able to gas your car up yeah. on the way to the beach. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. And that and, was, and that's that's ridiculous to me. It's <laughs> it's it just it just shows that it just shows that this isn't getting there's there's not enough being done or there's too much being done. And either way we need to we need to choose a side as a country. That's my opinion, my true opinion. Well, right. And what I think is, I kind of agree with that. But what I think is, um, I, I think honestly, I read some stuff today that I want to, I don't want to say in the podcast right now, but I read some stuff that leads me to think that we're going to get a serious, that we're going to get some kind of a serious mask going mask going before mm-hmm. any that's going to be the way out of this is we're just going to get a serious mask going man yeah. i can't say the, i can't say the case out <laughs> mask. Uh, you're, you're fine i have those days too i can barely talk as it is <laughs> we're gonna get a, we're gonna get a serious mask going that's uh you know really really serious and I don't, but I don't know what's going to happen in restaurants and things like that. I really don't. Yeah. But, yeah, I, uh, you know. I feel bad. I feel bad. These small businesses are really suffering, you know. It's, oh, my God. I feel terrible. I These people's I mean, livelihoods are being taken from them, and I feel horrible for that. But at the same time, I mean, but at the same time, you know, I mean, I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. I have a, my, let me think. My great grandmother, my great grandmother was way on my dad's side, not my mom's side. I just told you about, but my dad's side would must have been way plugged into her community. What was she must have had her ear to the ground back in the time mm-hmm. because she was, you know, she was all like, don't, you know, she was telling all her kids and all her neighbors, don't go into town. They have they have the Spanish flu in Brunswick. Okay. You know, and her children remembered that. And I had a great aunt that was a lot older than my, than my grandmother. Okay. And when my grandmother said that I had the flu, my great aunt just about had like a flashback. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like she yeah. had, she was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I, I get that now. Like, I get that on a gut level. Yeah. So, you know, I understand that there's going to be, I mean, it's it's so terrible. It, these people's hopes and dreams and, but, you know, look, I live in a city with lots of really good places to eat. Um, But I, I don't want to get, exactly. But I don't want to get, you know, a steak sandwich and Corona. Yeah, I don't want. I, listen, I'm be 100 percent honest. I don't want to go up and get a steak in my two side. I don't want to go to Longhorn Steakhouse and get a baked potato side and my second side be COVID 19. All right, that's just not something I want. You know, 
It's not the second side that I want from going to get a Longhorn steak. I can I can go I can go buy a steak and cook it myself. Right or exactly, and you know, and one of the things I wonder about is I wonder if we're we're going to have to have, on some level, I wonder if we're going to have to have high speed internet come out to the rural rural areas. Like I wonder if this is what the push is going to be. It might because might need to get more technical. I and I think that would be good. You know, I think that'd be a really good thing for these people to get high speed internet. And I I guess my big thing is I'm a big data guy. I love studying data. I love studying statistics. And the one thing that I remember when I took I've only taken one statistics class, but it was in high school and I remember the one thing my teacher said is and I've always hear about statistics you it's the king of lie you can lie with statistics and you can make anything seem true so you got to be careful when reading them you know and i guess that's the one thing i want to say no matter what statistic you read whether whether or not it's whether or not you think the source is reputable always be careful always make sure that there's other facts backing that up make sure you know where they got their data from and also just common sense it, it just shocks yeah. me how many people lack simple common sense throughout all of this, you know, of, of right. them, of them saying, like, like I, there's some people who say, I'm not going to wear a mask because, uh, I'm not going to wear, the people I'm talking about mainly are the people who are like, I'm not going to wear a mask because, uh, like I heard one person say, you can smell a fart through my pants. How is a mask going to keep me safe? You know? And it's like, they're serious. Right. And I sat, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, there's no point in even arguing with that because obviously you've, you've transcended arguability range of common sense. You've transcended <laughs> that. You've, you've gone into a new, a new area. And exactly. I'm not calling him, I'm not, I'm not going to call these people idiots, you know, because that's not what they are. They're misinformed. But what I'm saying is that some people get so stuck in what they want to be true, they don't open up for the option of other realities. I'll be honest, when COVID-19 came out, you know, I was skeptical at first of how serious it was. And now I, I've i resolved to the point of it's serious. It's an illness. It exists. What do I have to do to not get it? If I, if I have to wear a mask to not get COVID-19 or not spread it, or if that's what's going to make people comfortable, then I'll wear the mask. You know, I want people to be comfortable. Yeah. But I also understand some people getting freaked out when the government starts pushing mandates that make it seem mandates that make it seem like they are able to force you to do whatever they want. And we, we've talked about that. You know, they have the ability to. But regardless, I, I guess my big thing is common sense is a virtue and we need to use it. God blessed us all with common sense and the ability yeah. to think rationally. And I feel like sometimes Christians and non-Christians alike love to throw rationality out the window and like to let emotion take the wheel. And that's really, and those people are always the people who scream loudest. Well, you know? I was, let me, let me tell you a little bit about me. Um, yeah. I, for years, I was out on the bleeding edge of history, mm -hmm. uh, the bleeding edge of the discipline of history. So for years. And I get it. I mean, so I understand that you can bring in new evidence and that, that basically what we think of as, as what it is, as the world that exists 
can basically change on new evidence. Like I, mm-hmm. I and I used to do that every day. I used to literally have that happen every single weekday, right? Okay. Now, for me personally, the first time that I was aware that COVID-19 was a serious deal anywhere, I'll never forget it. I was actually laying in bed, and I had my phone on, and I was looking at, um, I suppose I should say, my smartphone. (laughs) I had my smartphone (laughs) on. And I was looking at a video of this hospital footage in Italy. Now, I used to make movies, and I know how to – I know what fake footage looks like. I mean, I I really – I know what fake footage looks like. And so I'm looking at Italy of all these people, like, um, on the floor, like all these patients in this hospital, literally on the floor. And I'm like – and I – my first thought was, oh, my God. And my second thought was, let me go on a bigger computer where I can actually look at this and play with it and yeah. see if I can find any in-outs or whatever, you know, like that, anywhere the color field changes, anything like that. Yeah. And actually, I was like, oh, my God, this is real. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, look at this. Yeah. This is insane. And, it, and it was tra- it's tragic. It was it, – yeah. It was hard. It's hard to watch a lot of these things. And my sister and um, my sister said, now she works in a in a major hospital. Yeah. You know, there's more babies born in that hospital than basically anywhere I think in my state, uh, and in several other states too. But mm-hmm. but that's just to say how big it is, right? Yeah. She was saying that every single bed is taken. Really. Like every single bed in the hospital is taken. And, Jeez. yeah. And she was actually wanting to talk to, um, she has a coworker who had to help out with an autopsy of a COVID person. It wasn't an, an autopsy is a legal term. They, they were essentially, they were uh, doing a scientific study to actually examine a body that had succumbed to COVID. Okay. And, what they had noticed was the the mucus in the lungs was, as he said, was as thick as caulk. Jeez. If you can imagine that. So, yeah. And like I say, my sister is not one of these people that she's not a dishonest person. She's not yeah. a – and she wouldn't be in, into a hoax with her big brother. I'm telling you, folks, pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> Just use common sense. That's That's the biggest thing. You know, is there is there false information out there? Yeah, tons. You know, I could probably go Google. I could probably Google uh, evidence that COVID nineteen doesn't even exist, and I'll get a million websites of trying to tell me that. But and that's right. And that's, and that's like scary. I just said. That's like I just said. I read this article today. I haven't checked that article out yet. I haven't yeah. like gone back and and seen that article other places. Yeah. So uh, that's why I didn't tell it to you because yeah, and that's the, and that's I, what I try to do with like the the California stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, before this episode, I really started looking into it, seeing what they were doing. You know, because I didn't want to bring up something that you know. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what I say is just because you see it on your Facebook feed doesn't mean it's true. And yeah, it I, never hurts to Google something a second time. Like so, I I always say Facebook is only good for baby pictures and. 
plans with friends. Yeah, if, <laughs> if that. <laughs> if that at times. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it's it's not it's not it's not something you should be getting your your news from. Now, of course, if you are following news places, you know, like you're following ABC or following BBC or ABC, sorry. If you're following like BBC and stuff like that, if you're following reputable news sources, that's different. But, you know, if you're right. if your aunt Jenny shared something that, you know, her cousin's uncle's neighbor said because he one time took a biology class in high school you know right like if there if that's yeah. what you're looking at and that's what you're saying is your reputable evidence you know you need to you need to i i always say like just be wary you know and even people who you know there's there are arguments on both sides of the case of hey you know what covid might not be you know i've heard arguments about the uh, for and against masks I've heard good arguments on both sides. I've heard good arguments on both sides of every argument. That's how it, that's the reason there are arguments is because there's good arguments on both sides. You can't have, if a topic has a good for and against argument, yeah. you know, it's a good topic. There's something to argue on. It's a good question. And I feel like there is a lot of good arguments to make with COVID. But at the end of the day, at least in my opinion, I've said this. I can shout on the top of my lungs that I don't think COVID-19 is that serious or exists, but at the end of the day, I still don't want to get it. You know, I, I can shout on the top of my lungs how I'm like, how I don't like masks, but at the end of the day, I still don't want to get COVID. Like, yeah. So regardless of argument, I would say, regardless of what your stance is, be smart, be safe, and make sure you are also thinking of the others, people that you're going to be around as well. Because there are asymptomatic carriers there. And I've heard tons of stories of people, people getting COVID, being asymptomatic, going to a place, other people getting it. And they're like, oh, well, I never had any symptoms. And that's scary. That is definitely and also just, scary. And also just because you're asymptomatic doesn't mean like you can't have, it's like I have a friend that, you know, he's a medical person. Yeah, And he said that the problem with COVID, like the real honest-to-God problem with COVID-19, to be totally honest with you, is nobody's grandmother ever died of this in 1990. Mm -hmm. So nobody really knows what happens 20 years from now with these asymptomatic yeah. people. He said, yeah. honestly, like, that's the problem. Like, that's what people, people who know have their eye on is, like, yeah. Just because you're fine now doesn't no. mean you're fine. You're not fine later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and what and, I agree and what that. does not fine look like? Yeah. You know, what does not fine look like? You know. It's like it's like with the vaping thing. You know what I mean? It's like with the vaping thing of everyone saying that it's you know super safe and it's a super good alternative and scientists saying, well, honestly, we don't know what's going to happen 30 years from now. You know. And it, it's it's like that. It's like just because something just because something doesn't hurt you right away does not mean that it cannot. It doesn't mean that it can't hurt you later down the line. Just because and you don't have the symptoms today doesn't mean you might you might not develop something worse later down. Well, it's it's also like um, what was I thinking? What was what was it that I'm trying to remember? Uh, what was the the thing that happened? 
Oh yeah, with the girl. The girl with the vaping that had that um Oh yeah, you know, pretty she much was like, Yeah, sixteen years old and she's yeah. got this horrible lung condition. Like she's sixteen. Yeah. Good lord. Yeah, it's and is and that's where I say like a lot of times like and this is the thing, I'm I'm very much of a person of, of this caliber. You know, I I believe that I listen to the people, you know, I believe that, again, like the Bible says, that God set up leadership for a reason. I, you know, I don't agree with everything Governor Mike DeWine says. I don't agree with everything, you know, our president says or everything every leader says. You know, if I did, then I'd be nothing more than a yes man and I would never have my own opinion. But regardless, I feel whether or not you agree with certain things, you know, you know, the Bible verse does say obey the leaders, you know, and that's and that's what people need to understand that, you know, as Christians, you know, some Christians, you if you if you try to run into a target and you're like, oh, I'm not going to wear my mask. You just wear the mask, dude. I, I uh, my girlfriend and I were walking to a target and we had our masks on. I didn't want to, but I needed to get some. Oh, from sure, the Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I needed I needed to get something from this dump target, and my girlfriend and I were walking in there, and this guy got turned away at the door because he wasn't wearing a mask, and he starts cussing and screaming, calling us sheep, and it's like, dude, it's like, listen, at the end of the day, if you don't, you know, I know a lot of, I, I you know, I've heard of Christians who have said, hey, I just won't shop anywhere that makes me wear a mask, and if that's what you guys want to do, that's, by all means, that is your complete right, you know, and that's a perfectly fine stance to hold. But the problem I have are with those people who say, because I don't want to wear a mask, no one should have to wear a mask. You know, I, I well, don't like when that happens. I think it's... I don't like that either. And also, the other thing um, I just wanted to bring up, yeah. now, if you'll notice, I, when I talked about the Spanish flu, I never told you how many people died of it. Yeah. And the reason why is, frankly, nobody knows. I've okay. come to that conclusion that really no one knows, but it was a, it was a bare minimum of 25 million people Jeez. worldwide, and that's like a bare that's like the barest yeah, minimum that's like, number that's there like is. We're being liberal with the statistics as all can be, like we're. I mean, that's like that's literally what 25 million is is literally the number of people who turned up to a doctor. In 19, from 1918, which 1918 wasn't when it started, but from 1918 to say 1921, which is when it ended, when it ended, they think. If you turned up to a doctor and the doctor said, you have Spanish flu and you're gonna die, congratulations, you're one of the 25 million people. Now, there's a whole lot of other people that that researchers, modern day researchers, historical and researchers, honestly believe most likely died of the Spanish flu. I mean, I've seen numbers that go way up, way, way yeah. past 25 million. So my point is, is that if any of those way, way numbers are, you know, way bigger numbers are, are accurate, yeah. basically every family has somebody who died of the Spanish flu in their family. Yeah. So please don't be that person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't join the statistic. 
mean, you know. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And again, I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to say one more time, I'm super grateful for allowing me to come on and allowing me to, you know, give my opinion and give my insight into this, you know, and I'm grateful for you allowing me to share this with my viewers as well, because I definitely think they'll be interested to hear, you know, a non-Christian point of view on this and a, you know, with a Christian point of view as well. So I did want to thank you one more time. I, I thank you, sir. I and I do. We need to have another talk about other things if you want. 